0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Sarah Wolfer about the connection between sports and leadership, being a pro athlete, self-care, mental health, and other issues related to women in leadership. Sarah Wolfer, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Yeah,
1: thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have the chance to chat and really explore your unique background. Uh, A little bit different than the typical um, type of background that I have on the podcast, Uh, but I think you'll bring a lot of really great insights uh, to our discussion about leadership and and self-care and mental health from the professional athlete perspective. Uh, as we get started today, I want to briefly share Sarah's bio with the listeners. Sarah Wolfer is CEO and founder of Girl Boss Sports, um, where they have two goals to increase the number of women's sports coaches and keep girls in sports. She is also a professional tackle football player with the Phoenix Red Tails, uh, which is part of the WFLA. She is also a mental health therapist and in the middle of opening up a private practice. She loves to talk about all things leadership, productivity, being a womanpreneur. Uh, the connection between sports and leadership, being a pro athlete, self-care, mental health, and other related topics. So again, what a really interesting and unique um, background and set of um, experiences that you bring to the table to talk about leadership topics and well-being. Um, and I always, I find the term womanpreneur to be fun to say. Um, and. <laughs> uh it's it's uh it's definitely something we need more of we need more empowered women to take on leadership roles and to to run and start and run businesses so i love all of that and i look forward to having our discussion
1: yeah me too i love talking about all of those topics so
0: yeah as we get started is is there anything else um just about your own background that you'd like to share with people by way of introduction
1: i think you covered pretty much everything um other things that, you know, of note, I'm vegan uh, recently, the last, uh, been vegetarian for about a year now, now vegan, so that's something that's important to me. Um, I love talking about leadership. Um, I've definitely called myself a leadership nerd <laughs> several times, so I'm happy to be here and talk about that. Um, yeah, I've been playing football just a couple of years, actually, and before that, I was a soccer player most of my life, so yeah, we can kind of talk about any of those things.
0: Excellent, and I, I've always admired um, uh, vegetarians and vegans. I'm not sure I have the, uh, the wherewithal and the, the commitment to make that happen in my life. Um, but I, I have a 10-year-old daughter who, since she was eight, she just made on her own. She had a, a, you know, they talked about it at school, and she was really concerned about the treatment of animals. And she just came home and she just said, I am, I'm not going to eat meat anymore. And I'm like, Really? good for you so so since she and she's 10 now and and for two years she's been vegetarian and I'm just so impressed by that um it's 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 quite the commitment and there's a lot of really good reasons to do it um and I wish I had um more like drive to do it myself (laughs) but I (laughs) but I admire you uh for for that effort because I you know I think it's important
1: Yeah, I mean, and kids are incredible. So it's great that your daughter's already doing that and, you know, standing up for what she believes in, which is great at 10 years old and eight years old. And there's so, like you said, there's so many reasons you can do it. I actually had different reasons to start. It was when I saw, have you heard of Game Changers? Yeah. Yeah, that movie and the connection between being the best athlete I could be. And Mm -hmm. that's how it started. And then it was more diving into the impact on the environment and animals and all the other things too. But so many good reasons
0: to switch. <laughs> yeah, great. Well, so can you tell us a little bit more about, you talked about playing soccer, and now you do um, football, um, and you started your own business. So maybe frame that up for us, how you got into these different areas and what you're doing with your business now to help support women in, in uh, sports and women in leadership.
1: Yeah, so... My journey as an athlete started when I was four years old. My first team was the Lion Queens and my my dad was the coach and I fell in love with the game and became obsessed. Actually, I was the one that was, you know, dribbling the soccer ball through my high school campus, always like wearing my Letterman's jacket. There's still a picture I look at in my old high school yearbook of me with my Letterman's jacket on and my soccer ball. Um, And I even had heard at one point, one of my coaches told me, you need to you know, be so familiar with your soccer ball, you should basically just sleep with it. And so I actually slept with my soccer ball for a while. (laughs) Like that's how obsessed I was. Um, And I ended up going and playing collegiately and then semi-professionally several years ago. And again, love the sport. And I just saw over the years, the, the connection between all of the things I learned and so I'm 30 now. So I've been playing sports for 26 years and all of the lessons I've learned along the way and how they've impacted me even before I started my company, but just taking on leadership roles in other people's organizations, uh, and so much of that related to my experience as an athlete. Um, and then I've also been a soccer coach since I was fourteen. Those were my first jobs. It was actually I was coaching two-year-olds, which is a whole other experience. But uh, so I started when I was fourteen. Been doing that, the, you know, the entire time since then. Usually as a side hustle until a couple of years ago when I started my company. And basically, the reason I started it is that. Number one, like like we said, that there's girls that are dropping out of sports way quicker than boys. Um, and so I'd seen that with, you know, growing up, seeing some of my friends drop out who were really talented, but for lots of different reasons were dropping out of sports. Um, and then I pulled statistics and found that girls are dropping out of sports at twice the rate of boys by the age of 14. And by the age of 17, half of all girls who were playing sports have now dropped out. And actually like seeing that written on paper was really painful to <laughs> see that it's like not just my experience, but so many others, even currently. And so the real reason that one bothers me the most, though, is that I saw a study by Ernst & Young, and they said that they, I can't remember how many women they interviewed, but all you know, female C-suite executives, and 96% of them reported that they played sports as teenagers, and 52% played at the university level. So it's like we see these clear connections between playing sports, especially as teenagers and young adults, and later finding leadership positions. And so when I realized if girls are dropping out at twice the rate of boys, how are we ever going to lessen that leadership gap across all industries? So that's the first goal. And then the second one is that as a coach, and I've coached in Miami and Oregon and Washington in all different types of settings, um, from again, like three-year-olds up to you know coaching collegiately and everywhere I've coached there's such a shortage of women coaches even in a sport like soccer where a lot of people I've talked to think that it's because you know there's the the U.S. women's national team and you know women in soccer are you know really stepping up and everyone knows how good like it it feels like people think it's more equal but then when we actually pull statistics for coaches only 21% of soccer coaches in the U.S. are women and my experience has actually been way less than that. I remember I was uh, a couple of years ago, I was sitting in a room at one of the places I was, before I started my company, I was coaching. And we had an all staff meeting and there was probably 110 coaches in the room. And I looked around and counted four women. And that was a big moment where I was just, no, this, this can't continue to happen. We need more women in these coaching roles for lots of reasons, but some of them specifically, to they all kind of go together. By having women role models, the athletes are more likely to stay too. Um, and then also you can be what you can see. And so you can actually see that you can become a soccer coach, for example, or any other sports coach. Um, and for both girls and boys, they get the opportunity to see a woman in a position of power, um, which will help them later on in life too. So that's kind of how girl boss sports got started.
0: Well, I, that's, that's excellent. And everything you said is absolutely true. It is startling. Um, it's so, and it's sad. Um, to see, and there's, you know, there's so many reasons why it's happening. Um, But we, the bottom line is we need to disrupt that. We need to disrupt um, women dropping out of sports. We need to encourage more women to get back in it to, if not sports into leadership roles. And the, the, I remember seeing that same study that you just cited uh, about all of the women CEOs um, and, You know it it was shocking uh to me frankly i I was i was so surprised by that and then it was so startling to see the 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 uh accompanying data about women in sports like if we're trying to get more women into leadership roles and leadership positions and they're already disadvantaged in so many ways and it's so difficult um for for many women to to rise into those levels of prominence of leadership in organizations then we're just even doing more of a disservice to them, you know, when we're not supporting women and girls to be involved in, in sports, um, and not that that's the only path, obviously, but but it's a dominant path uh, for many uh, women to find that level of success. So, so I love what you're doing with your business. It's awesome that you're pushing that forward. And though um, the the idea of having more women. Um, coaches as well I was just thinking so I'm a professor full time I do the podcast and I do consulting on the side I'm thinking of my university and the women's sports and I can go through and click through my head almost all of the coaches of the women's sports are all men um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of we have eight women's sports on my campus and I, I'm not sure about a couple of them uh, but all the rest are all men <laughs> so, <laughs> you think about so, it
1: the other side too are in, do in of The men's teams have
0: a woman coach. <laughs> no, yeah, so it, exactly. And I remember being so excited um, when I saw, you know, the San Francisco Giants um, baseball team uh, w- was the first to hire a female coach a- in the major leagues, and how cool that was. And I think I can't remember which team. Someone in the NFL did the, you know, a team in the NFL last year hired a, a female coach. Um, it's so rare that it's such big news when it happens. Um, it'd be nice if it wasn't so rare.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think that we're entering this new phase where hopefully it's less rare. Uh, I think that women are crashing on barriers across all industries. And we're like, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of really powerful women, even in the football world, really stepping forward. Um, so hopefully there's not as many of the, Oh, it's the first woman to do this thing. Like it's more, the floodgates are open and there's lots and lots of women doing this thing. So that's, that's what I'm looking for. (laughs)
0: yeah yeah me too and and i want that for my daughters i have four daughters um and i want them all to feel empowered and i want them to all feel like they can do anything they want i don't want them to feel restricted in any way um like perhaps women in previous generations have felt restricted it's interesting i hope we get there
1: said that because like, so I was listening to a different podcast uh, Michelle Obama just released a podcast I'm not sure if you saw that did you already listen to that episode yeah yeah and like when they were talking about uh her and Barack like I know them <laughs> um but they were talking about how uh, you know there's been this shift in families of really like you know even fathers saying to their daughters that you can do anything but then there's not the shift in all of these institutions and organizations and I know you know my dad always told me I could do anything I wanted to um, but then I did enter these other organizations and spaces and found that it actually in action it wasn't true like these like what the Obama said is accurate, and I really just resonated with that of there's so many instances when I've been in workplaces where I experienced inappropriate behaviors like if I just wrote down all of the things that have been said to me in the workplace, it would be shocking, I think for a lot of people and equal pay had to fight for that at one point in my career and just like wow, no, like I really like that our families have shifted in a lot of areas, but we still have so much work to do on systems level as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and yeah, we could we could talk about all sorts of systemic inequalities, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, in society, um, you know, for women, for you know, based on uh, race and and uh, LGBTQ plus issues and all sorts of things, you know, and unfortunately. There's still a lot of of barriers, and there's still a lot of work to do there. But uh, I try to remain encouraged that at least we are making some progress, and hopefully we will continue and maybe speed up the progress that's being made. Um, let's let's shift gears a little bit and talk more about well-being and mental health um, of women in sports, women in leadership. Um, what are some of the challenges um, you've seen um, that you know? we've already talked about the systemic issues, the inequalities, Uh, you've referred to uh, kind of what I'm assuming you didn't, you weren't explicit, but I'm assuming you're talking about kind of harassment and some of those types of things you've experienced in the workplace. Um, You know, unfortunately, that's the experience of far too many women. So I'm sure that contributes to some of the mental well-being and mental health um, types of challenges that um, women leaders might have. But what are some other um, things you know that might contribute to that and what can we do to have a, a more positive workplace um, that empowers women and, and and provides a safer place and better uh, uh, supports them in terms of mental health issues
1: yeah you hit it right there it's the there are all of those systemic issues that definitely impact mental health especially for you know i've seen it as a woman leader in across several industries but it's also all of the subtle things that happen like so, yeah, there's the big moments like harassment and, you know, we don't have to go into all of that and, you know, but equal pay and all of those kind of issues. But then also the the microaggressions that happen on a regular basis, the automatic assumption that I, whenever I enter any workplace, really, that I don't know what I'm doing, uh, what I do, uh, even as a soccer coach, for example, uh, when I've been doing that for 16 years and I'll still have, you know, men come up to me and try to explain to me how to be a soccer coach, <laughs> even when I'm the one providing a training on how to be a soccer coach. So. It's just that all of those moments add up and it, it really takes a lot. It takes a big toll on our mental health. And you also, like you said, there's, so there's women and that's, you know, one of the identities I hold, but then I'm also a member of the LGBT community. Um, and then when you add any other marginalized identity on top of that, whether it's race, ethnicity, uh, ability, it just makes it even more challenging. So I think on an individual level, it's really important. I have a, you know, a whole self-care plan. That's, that's, um, something I talk about all the time and probably every single therapy session I'm doing currently, I talk about what's your self-care plan for this week. Um, And it includes like a lot of preventative things, like ongoing stuff, like meeting our basic needs, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Making sure I'm sleeping enough. That's my number one. Um, And actually I learned, you know, women actually need more sleep than men. So that's something that I'm really actively trying to do. Making sure I'm eating well. It's part of also why I'm staying vegan, just because it really helps my own body. Uh, Making sure that I'm meeting, you know, my needs for exercise. All of those things. I like to think of it uh, more holistically and looking at the entire human being, not just like what's in front of me in the session. And so really focusing on all of those different areas and then rising up through the the different needs that we have. Then meeting our needs for social connection, the next biggest one I talk about, like who are your supports right now? Um, Actively working to improve those. Which I will say is really hard right now because we're in the middle of a global pandemic uh, and so it's, it's definitely more challenging to either make new connections or maintain old connections uh but there are ways to do that so whatever that is in, in your listeners lives that's something that's really important um but I guess the point of all of this is I even I've written it down before where I just have what I need to do when I'm doing well as an ongoing basis and then also some tools that I have for when I'm not doing as well uh things like when I'm really struggling, I know I need to do something physical, I need to go for a run. And so I'll just go run three miles real quick. Other things like I have different, you know, some of these are more silly than others, but I have a different playlist for different moods I'm in. So if I'm, you know, I need to really pump myself up, I have a playlist for that. If I need to go work out, I have a playlist for that. Um, I have going back to the social supports, I have different friends for different reasons. So sometimes I just want to call someone and vent. I don't want solutions. And so I have someone on my phone for that. Other times I need someone who's going to challenge me. And so I have someone for that. Um, So really just taking the time to think about what are the, what are the areas that I really need to do well at and how can I best set myself up for success for those? Um, Yeah. Creating a self-care plan is definitely number one for, for me, for addressing mental health.
0: Yeah. uh, Great, great advice. Uh, And I mean, really, we, we all need to do that. Uh, So, so obviously we're focusing primarily on, on women. Today in this episode, Um, but you know everyone needs to to pay attention to self care and their mental health, and particularly in uh, amidst this pandemic where there's a lot of social isolation and just all the stress and anxieties, and people losing jobs, and you know trying to figure out how are they going to pay their rent, and uh, we have all the 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 uh, the racial um, uh, inequality. Turmoil that's happening and the protests and Black Lives Matters, you know, that's it's it's at the forefront of everyone's mind and it's we're in a, in an election year um, and so the political tensions are high and we just finished Pride Month uh, in June and and so you know we have all those issues on our mind and and you know it all of this you know um, it it does take a toll in terms of stress and anxiety and you you add on top of that the social isolation like you've mentioned and now you know it's it's a prime um, cocktail to produce, um, mental health challenges. So, so everyone really needs to pay attention to this. Employers need to pay attention to this and look out for your employees. And like you mentioned, it's, but it's, as hard as it might be for me as a cisgender white male middle-class guy, you know, um, it's way harder for marginalized groups (laughs) you know the 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 layers are added on you know for anyone who is that isn't doesn't have all the privilege that i have and then they have to deal with everything else on top of it you know so it's just it's a hard time so i hope all our listeners will will pay attention to that and and particularly for women um who may be listening or or men who may be leading women you know like what can you do to to support better support, provide more opportunities, break down the barriers, um, remove you know remove the systemic um, barriers uh, that that inhibit um, people participating in various roles and putting themselves forward. Another um, I don't remember the specific statistic, but there there's a lot of research about um, just women when they apply for jobs like. Uh, men basically are like eh, i only meet you know maybe a third of the qualifications i'm just going to apply anyways you know for women it's something like 90 95% of all of the, the requirements that they feel like they have to meet before they would even consider applying uh, and so that leads to more inequity so we need more mentorship we need more encouragement um, approach you know if 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 you're a man and and you're in a position of leadership or power or influence and you know there's a position open that someone that a one of your female coworkers would be awesome at, go approach them and encourage them to apply because that might be the nudge they need to take that step and and they may very well be like the awesome fit for that position and we won't know it if they don't ever apply so so we need to encourage all of that
1: yeah definitely I agree a thousand you said um I think also, as you we were talking, I was just thinking about the, the other really big thing that I think helps um, is basically it comes down to courage to have hard conversations, and I know they're hard, but I think that, uh, I can't remember who said it, but we can do hard things is something I've really been thinking a lot about. So I just know when I've, like going back to I reference the equal pay issue that I experienced, and that that situation could have happened very differently if the response
0: it's who I am as a human.
1: I had all of my data. I had, you know, a spreadsheet with 15 columns of the ways in which basically I was doing a lot more work, had more, you know, brought more money in, had more contracts, more clients, more staff, and every area you can imagine had to have more educational requirements. So literally every area. And trying to have that conversation with men in positions of power went terrible. Um, like, and the things that were said to me afterwards of you know you know you're being perceived a certain way when you bring up issues like this and if you change it for you we're gonna have to change it for everybody uh and just all of these reactions were made what was already a really challenging situation even worse and so if i had you know just like an ally to say like hey you know it sounds like this is really challenging for you let's talk about it like what can we do to make this better even just leaning into it and trying to understand like when you tell me I'm too assertive, how you wouldn't say that to a male leader. So like, if if these men had been, and some were, but you know, specifically the, what my situation was there, was, there was a man that was just not willing to engage in these conversations, and it made it so much harder. So when people do bring up issues like that, I think it's really important, again, regardless of the, the, the marginalized identity they hold, being able to engage in those conversations and listen to their experience and believe them. So I, I think that's really important. I also think what you said about Mentorship programs, you know, going and talking to the the women who are, you know, really skilled in their positions and maybe maybe need a little extra push to, you know, advance to the next level. Uh, because, like you said, what you said is right. There's men who are able to just look at, like you said, three three out of ten things in a job description. You know, I think you know, I saw a meme about Kanye West being a good example of this. <laughs> like you can see, it. and then he goes for this major position, but women, like you said, have to meet almost all of the criteria. And I've seen it from so many of my colleagues like, and friends. Oh, you know, there's this one thing that I haven't done before, so maybe I shouldn't go for it. My response is always go for it. At least you went for it and you're going to know. So those are my two cents. <laughs>
0: excellent. Excellent. Well, it has been really been a pleasure talking with you today. Um, I, I really hope that listeners will take into account these issues and and try to find ways to, to empower more women uh, in their lives and give more women opportunities to, to find themselves in leadership roles. Um, as we finish up today, I'd love to give you a chance to share with the listeners how they can get in contact with you, learn more about what you're doing, and perhaps reach out if they need help to do more of this in their own work.
1: Yeah. So if you want to just follow along my journey uh, on Instagram as CEO underscore Sarah with an H Wolfer, W O L F E R. Uh, If you want to find out more about my companies, uh, the first one's girlbosssports.com. That's the one for, you know, women and girls in sports. And then my private practice is courageous you, Y O U uh, dot U S.
0: Awesome. Well, I really encourage my listeners to reach out. And uh, it's been a pleasure talking and I hope everyone stays healthy and safe. Have a wonderful week and find meaning and purpose at work. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the human capital innovations podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.